I think for a hundred million dollars, I could figure out how big a cat is. Welcome to another episode of Replaying Favorites. We're friends, we've watched movies, we've watched different movies, and now we're watching the same movies. I'm Chris Kelly. I'm Brie Callahan. That was a very convoluted and strange explanation, but... Oh, I don't know. I think it was really succinct. It could have been clearer, but you've listened to, uh, what, nine episodes now? So you get it. You, you're with me, listener, if, singular. If you've stuck around, you're in, you're in for it at this point, so it's fine. Look... You heard last week that we were going to watch Cats, and you still hit play on this one, so that's on you. As a person who has not yet watched Cats, I'm nervous. Well, that was going to be my next question, so let's just dig right in. Tell me more about what Cats means to you. <laughs> so I saw Cats when I was four, and I don't remember it at all. I, I, I take that back. I remember getting to go on stage during intermission and play with the large box of Raisin Bran that was on the stage. And my mother tells me that I danced in the aisle, probably to the delight of the people who'd paid like $100 to see the show. <laughs> but other than seeing it when I was four, I don't know shit about cats. I don't know the songs. I did not go on like a Mr. Mistopheles thing as a teen. I got nothing. So I have seen the trailer for this movie hundreds of times. <laughs> 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 because it hit all of my horror buttons in a way that I was excited to watch it again and again. I've watched small clips of it, mostly sent by you, that were horrifying. <laughs> and I am I could not feel more trepidation about watching this movie. I don't want to see Judy Dench's private parts, which is well that I've been prepped to do. There are occasional accidental apparently moments of good but i would say like 97 percent. yes this is a it's not even a train wreck but like a full planetary implosion it's the worst thing <laughs> okay well you've you've certainly piqued my interest <laughs> in the sense that you've assigned me to watch this movie i mean TBH, we've been talking about this for nigh on a year at this point, so I'm excited that we are finally going to be at the same standing when it comes to cats. No, for us to be at the same standing, you'd have to watch it five more times. You saw it five times in the theater? I believe so, yes. Girl, what is wrong with you? Oh, how long do we have? <laughs> Not long. We gotta wrap this up. It's just the intro. We'll see you after the break. All right, we're back. We have watched Cats. We have a lot to say about it. I'm going to start with just the bare facts. This is a recent movie, so most of you probably have a decent sense of what happened. Tom Hooper directed a 2019 debacle based on the 1982 Broadway musical Cats by Andrew Lloyd Webber. It stars... James Corden, Judy Dench, Jason Derulo, Idris Elba, Francesca Hayward, Jennifer Hudson, Ian McKellen, Taylor Swift, Rebel Wilson, et al. It grossed 27 million domestically. Is that all I've made? <laughs> that is all. 74.6 million worldwide on a budget of 95 million. Ooh. Though 
there are estimates that with things like an abandoned Oscar campaign, the net loss was actually 113 million on this picture. Oh my god. The thing about it though is that it looks like they spent no money on it. Like that's like the really crazy thing about it is that it looks so cheap. Like so talk a little bit more about like why did it fail so spectacularly? Well, a lot of this it has come out since can fall on Tom Hooper's shoulders. Okay. There are a couple key things that Tom Hooper doesn't get. And some of it I want to discuss later because it re- it relates more to how musicals work. Mm-hmm. But a lot of the tech team has anonymously or through back channels put out that Tom Hooper was really demanding about the tech in ways that made it clear that he just doesn't understand how special effects work. He just has perfect ideas of what he wants, but no embracing of what the technology available was. Hmm. So there was a lot made of the digital fur technology where they could just overlay fur onto the actors without using things like the dots on the suits that everyone uses for special effects like that. And he was really enamored with the idea that we could do this. But of course, it takes a lot more time. And even with a lot more time can sometimes look worse than just doing it the traditional way with the dots on suits like everyone does. Or just put them in costumes. The very obvious choice would be to use the costumes that people have used since cats began running. Or if you're going to do CGI, it almost makes more sense to just like fully CGI some cats rather than trying to go for a hybrid that makes no sense. Yeah, like they could have also just made this like animated and made it actual cats. I just don't understand. It is just such uncanny valley shit of watching Judy Dench's head just like float around in this like horrible mane. It's just so awful. I will say that what makes this one of my favorite movies (laughs) is that I can't believe you said that out loud. I think when you get to the end of the sentence, you're going to come around. It's because you can see that literally every choice made behind the scenes was the wrong one. There are people doing good work in this movie, and they deserve awards and praise for having gone through the wars like this. But just start to finish... Every frame of this movie is jam-packed with more bad decisions than an entire film in another podcast would have had. I completely agree. I mean, here's the thing about this. Like, you know I'm a musical person. You're a musical person. Like, I think we've sung enough times at at, at Marie's Crisis together to make it very clear that I'm a musical person. And I feel the way about watching Cats last night, the way that non-musical people feel about musicals. I was confused and disgruntled. I didn't know why they were singing. I didn't know what was happening. There were also so many things about this transition from a musical where the cats are singing to an audience to the cats singing to each other that made no fucking sense whatsoever. We'll get into that later, but it, it just, you actually, this is a musical for which you need an audience because it is just a series of cats introducing themselves to the audience. It makes no sense for them to introduce themselves to themselves. They all know each other. The concept of the audience actually weighed heavily on me as I was watching because I realized that I was not able to give you the experience of watching this in a theater full of cackling people. It really (laughs) makes a difference to be amongst a group of 50 New Yorkers who want to tear this down. Instead, I watched it with 
a single partner of mine who I believe will now be entering marriage counseling. Like I had to let him pick several movies in a row following this because of my bad choices or actually your bad choices. So this I was about to say, I, I am so sorry for having brought <laughs> strife into your marriage through this podcast. <laughs> this is the only movie that we've done so far where I have quotes from my partner in my notes because they were so funny because he was so distressed. Um, I guess I don't even know how to ask this because where to begin, but what were your overall impressions of Cats? It's just a mess. Like, uh, here's, here's what I've learned is that not only did I not like the 2019 movie Cats, I also do not like the musical Cats. I don't actually think that the music is very good. The plot is bananas in every single way and is not compelling. And I also don't think Tom Hooper has ever seen a cat or understands like what makes cats cute or compelling. Cause there's a scene at the beginning where they're all like cavorting together. And I'm like, this isn't cat-like, nor is it cute, nor is it endearing. Like you're right. Every single frame of this movie is a goddamn mess. And I, I hated it, but I also really want to watch it again. Like, <laughs> this is how it starts. I, I'm so irritated with myself, but I can't stop thinking about it because it was so fucking messy. Like, I, I can't believe I'm about to say this. Taylor Swift was the best part of this movie. I can't believe you said that either. <laughs> I am going to fucking stand by it. We'll, we'll, we'll explore it. But I swear to God, I swear to God, it is the case. Returning to the point that I was talking about before. The fact that there is no audience for this, that Victoria the cat is the audience for this, it makes it really hard to relate to because in the stage production, they're all introducing themselves to you because you are an outsider. But we are now just in a group of insiders and nothing about this plot makes sense anymore because in in the musical, they're all jellical cats who are then having this thing together. Except now they've got this other girl in there. Is she a jellical cat? How do you become a jellical cat? Like the whole thing breaks down because it doesn't make any sense. Like how does she how does one become a jellical cat? Are there non-jellical cats and jellical cats? What what the fuck is a jellical cat? I wish that I had better answers for you. So to to touch on like the plot issues a little bit. This collection of cat introduction songs is of course based on the poetry of T.S. Eliot who wrote a collection of poems specifically not just for children but for like children in his family it was for like his nieces or something like he just wrote these cute little cat poems that were never intended to be connected in any sort of plot at all it was literally just these are cats and so andrew lloyd weber had the uh, let's say genius idea to string these together in the plot of a cat death cult Thank you. My partner said this is a cult. Like what kind of fucking like these cats are obsessed with their like own in-group status. Like it's very strange. They're all trying to die. And the movie has also added a weird like romantic subplot that doesn't appear to be part of the musical at all and makes no fucking sense. If I was Victoria the cat and this is the group of other cats that I was introduced to, I'd be fucking out of there. In general, what's very clear is that cats the musical is bad and stupid, and no one embraced that. I cannot get the image of my two adult parents who are like my age now sitting through this theater performance that they paid for, and it's like obviously a musical for children. I cannot believe that like millions of people 
adults, presumably most of them, have seen the musical Cats. I cannot imagine having seen Cats in the theater and telling someone else, you should really go see Cats. <laughs> it's just cats singing songs based on the poems of T.S. Eliot. And when you try to strap more onto that, like you and you try to strap fake fur onto Judy Dench, it just doesn't work. Yeah, and if you must do it, don't CGI it. Literally give give Judy Dench a very stupid looking fur costume and have her say stupid lines with a straight face. But don't yeah. pretend that it's more serious than it is. Obviously, Tom Hooper's previous experience with musicals was Les Mis, where he was like, let me just zoom right in on like everyone crying. And he's really brought that aesthetic to Cats, a silly musical about cats singing and trying to kill themselves in a cult. I think that if they had made the musical of Cats that we are talking about, it just would have been so mediocre that no one would care about it. But because they shot so high and failed so miserably, it became something that I can really appreciate. Okay, so let's talk about some of the failures. What to you is completely miserable and failureful about this movie? So to get back to something I touched on earlier, that Tom Hooper doesn't understand musicals and how they work, one of his big things in both Les Mis and this movie was that people would sing live as they were filming, as opposed to pre-recording and lip-syncing. But because of his love of the zoom-in close, he has lost the sense that when there is a large choral harmony, you should not hear individual parts. But he will <laughs> forever, every time, drop the camera in the center of the crowd so that I have one tenor screaming into my left ear for no reason, which is... Not that this is music worth saving, but that is not what Andrew Lloyd Webber meant. <laughs> I, because I have problems, went and watched a bunch of video clips of the 1998 movie that they made mm -hmm. of Cats. That is also bananas. And I'm going to go out on a limb here, arguably worse. Because <laughs> that one, have you seen any of it? I have seen clips. They are all just mugging for the camera, and it's very intense. And... We should at some point, and not right now, but we should talk about like any of the musical differences that they made because I sort of liked the Mungo Jerry and Rumple Teaser song. I thought it was like probably the cutest set piece in the movie, but the song in the musical is awful. It's very bad. Um, and they toned it down a little bit for this and made it slightly less like Cockney, and it was much improved for that. I feel like Mungo Jerry and Rumple Teaser should have the same accent, and they very clearly do not in the movie. There's like a weird thruple situation that seems <laughs> to be happening in that song. There's a lot of sexuality in that song, but it, it, are they supposed to be brother and sister? Because they look alike. I am sure that they're is a backstory for them. I did not read it because I do not care. I <laughs> I assumed going in that they were brother and sister, but like so much of this movie, there is a very distressing sexual overtone to what's happening. Oh my god, there's so much sexual overtone. The gray tabby wants to fuck Victoria, and also Mr. Mistopheles wants to fuck Victoria. Again, these are cats whose ultimate goal this evening is to leave the earth. <laughs> like, I don't. Why are you trying to get a girlfriend, man? There is 
a lot of horniness in this movie and I sort of forget so horny thank you go ahead sorry and I sort of forget every time like there's just little pockets of it where you don't expect like when James Corden jumps into a trash can and Jason Derulo has a female cat under each arm in apparently a post-coital situation and James Corden falls on top of them so they can pour champagne down his throat there's also a lot of things getting swallowed in this movie that is a whole separate uncomfortable discussion there's also multiple cats falling on their dick jokes which like isn't how cat dicks work so it's like these people have never seen a cat i don't understand as we've discussed it's tough to make this discussion feel cohesive i did come up with conversation topics and one of them in my notes is what is a cat i I don't know. Rebel Wilson's cat has her own outfit underneath her skin, which I know is from the show, but it was still distressing. So many of these cats wear overcoats. The one cat that wears an overcoat in the show is Jenny Anydots. Yeah. And for some reason, rather than just giving her a coat in the movie, we have to watch her shed her body. She sheds her own fur And then there's more fur and a dress under there. I think Tom Hooper was going for joy and he did not accomplish it. I did not feel joy. I felt the feeling that the word moist inspired (laughs) for most of the film. I do want to be very clear that the the movie did not make me moist. (laughs) Has anything less sexy happened than the Rum Tum Tugger song? It is misguided from the jump that we're going to dedicate one song to the horniest cat that all the ladies want to fuck. It's baffling. I will say that that song, because I only now know one line of it, which is the rum tum tugger is a curious cat. That's the only line I know. And it's been bopping around in my head since about 5 a.m. this morning. So thank you very much. (laughs) But I don't know that it's possible to make this song sexy because it's actually kind of a cute song, but instead of letting it be cute, it's just like thrusting and it's it's so off-putting. Ugh. Yeah. Ugh. Ugh, so Again, gross. like, this is a poem about a naughty little cat that was intended to inspire an eight-year-old girl's laughter. And instead, someone was like, but what's the adult side of that? And the answer is there is none. No, and that's what I'm saying, is that this musical should be aimed at children, but they have added so much weird sex into it and death that it is, it is instead presumably aimed at adults, but the the content must assuredly fall flat because, again, it is based on poems for children. You can also definitely tell the parts that were written by T.S. Eliot and the parts that were not written by T.S. Eliot because it's, like, very lyrical. And then it's just like, rom tom togar <laughs> Jesus Christ. It's just so gross. Speaking of things that were not written by T.S. Eliot, I do want to cover, as a counterpoint to your saying that Taylor Swift was the best part of this musical, the worst part of this musical is clearly the song that Taylor Swift wrote for it. Okay. I'm going to, man, we're going to fight. This is going to be so good. This is going to be the first one that we fought about. So yes, the Taylor Swift song is not necessary in any way. We certainly did not need it. It certainly does not sound like an Andrew Lloyd Webber song or a musical song or like it fits in this movie at all. I actually found it a sort of welcome relief from Cats. (laughs) (laughs) I'm not going to lie. It was a nice little three-minute pause in just some bonkers ass shit 
but it is like 300 times longer than the actual songs from Cats. So like they should have at least just made it like a minute and a half, like all the songs. That's fair. I will say in the same way that if they had gone for a middling movie, we wouldn't hate it as much and thus love it as much. I think that what bothers me about the song in some ways is its total flatness. Like it's just inoffensive. Victoria stands the fuck still and sings it. (laughs) Like, she's... Well, Jennifer Hudson... (laughs) Jennifer Hudson had to be on set that day and they were just like, stare sadly at the white cat. Oh my god. Jennifer Hudson's only direction in this was, can you cry until you are snotting again? (laughs) I don't feel like I'm ready to talk about the crimes that were done against Jennifer Hudson in this movie, so we'll we'll leave it off because I feel like that's sort of the climax of the movie, so it should probably be the climax of our discussion. Hey. Oh boy. Don't say climax in a movie this horny. (laughs) I've already said moist. (laughs) (laughs) Things have absolutely gone off the rails. It's fine. I do think maybe now is a good time to transition into performances in general. Who we liked, who we didn't. And again, grading on a curve because no one's getting out of this scot-free. I think Francesca Hayward acquitted herself well. I mean, she's just a complete blank slate, but her dancing is very beautiful. She does play a foil as the audience and her just sort of blankness works quite well. She benefits from some of the same things that Dave Batista benefits from in that this role <laughs> plays to her strengths without asking her to paint too far outside the lines. I don't think that I could enjoy Rebel Wilson's performance less. Okay, here's why I hate it. I hate James Corden's performance also for mm. the same reason, which is that fat people are funny. Like, it's just a gross sense of humor, and the musical has it intrinsically inside of it, but, like, they just played it up so much here, and I have to imagine Rebel Wilson did not enjoy her time doing this, but she can't sing, and the Jenny Any Dot song is, in a sea of very disturbing imagery, the most disturbing song of all of it. She's weighed down by being first and being our introduction to some of the most grotesque things that will carry on throughout this movie. But her vocal abilities just don't hold up and it makes it really uncomfortable to listen to the whole song because you're like, oh god, like you know from the first note that she does not have this. It's also really clear that like Idris Elba didn't have it, but they got around that by having him not sing. Instead, they were like, oh, Rebel, you don't got this girl? Well, all right, here's an entire song. I think to your point about the fat jokes too, many of the actors are instructed to do things that I think the director thinks are cat-like, even if they don't end up being cat-like. Rebel Wilson has no cat-like qualities. She's just running around being fat. Yeah. Like, that's the whole joke. And it's not a funny joke. And it's like, she's played roles before where her size is like, the butt of the joke sometimes. Those wouldn't be my choices, but she's an adult. She's made a lot of money. She can do as she chooses. But you're right. She's just like, I have to imagine if she's seen this property as it was completed, and I hope to God she hasn't, I have to imagine that she feels bad about it. And I don't mean like for having done it for how she was treated. Yeah, they didn't do her any favors at all. And we'll move on to James Corden because he's lumped into this too. He's another one who... I mean, Jenny Annie Dots is written kind of just as like an old cat more than a fat cat. She's a lazy cat. James Corden's role is specifically, like, they padded him out to make him fatter. The song is just, the cat is fat. That's the whole thing. (laughs) Though I do think that either director or performer, consciously or not, 
somehow layered a gay thing in there too. I must admit that I almost completely zoned out for that entire song because I just found it a one note thing and pretty uninteresting. That's fair. Uh, I I (laughs) wish that I could get it out of my head. Uh, There's a lot of things I hate about it. All the fat jokes are bad. I think there's something slightly mincy and lispy about what he's doing. Again, in the musical, I think he's intended to be sort of upper crust and posh, but somehow that just translates to like kind of queenie in this version and like i didn't need him to be like the homo cat i just didn't love that okay here's the other thing that we need to address and this also happens in the musical or in the stage play which is that some of them sing their songs before old deuteronomy gets there so does that count (laughs) what are the rules like must you sing your song in front of old deuteronomy in order to qualify I don't know. I mean, like, they get kidnapped after their song. I don't know if we're supposed to intuit that they would have put on a reprise for old Deuteronomy when she got there. There's never going to be an explanation, and it's too stupid to try to explain. (laughs) To be honest, if I was old Deuteronomy and I had to listen to this shit, to the same songs every year, I would just, like, choose myself fly away and be done with it forever. (laughs) Do you think they do the same songs every year? You don't think they spend the whole year writing a new one? I don't think so, because they're super basic introductions. (laughs) It's like, here's my name. Here's what I'm about. Here's my job. Send me to heaven now. Since we've touched on old Deuteronomy, let's talk about Judy Dench, uh, who doesn't deserve this. Crimes. (laughs) Just crimes against... I mean, Dame Judy Dench and Sir Ian McKellen. <laughs> I think Judy Dench may come out better than Ian McKellen, I gotta say. So here's a hot take. I think Ian McKellen kills it. <laughs> I also kind of zoned out for that song. I basically only listened to the songs if it was someone I didn't know or if they were really enunciating well. And I don't think he like super enunciated well. I did think that the fact that he said that his name was Asparagus was an exceptionally good name for a cat. And that is the most that I took from that song. I don't know. (laughs) I find that song kind of boring. I mean, none of the songs are good. I just think that if anyone knows how campy this situation is, it's the oldest gay in the room. And Ian McKellen showed up and he was like, oh, I know what to do. There's a shot of him just going, meow, 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 meow. And it is (laughs) the funniest thing I've ever seen. It never gets old. It is one second of the movie, and I could watch it on repeat for approximately a week. It was pretty late in the movie by the time he shows up, and I was It is less than halfway through when he shows up. Shut up. (laughs) How long? This movie was so long. (laughs) I was so ready to be done with the experience. Yeah, I feel like if if I watch it again, I feel like I will give greater shrift to Sir Ian McKellen because I am an Ian McKellen fan. Actually, Gus's song is the perfect example of what I mean when I say that this show makes even less sense when the cats are singing to each other. So Judy's like, come on out, Gus. And then Gus comes out and he tells his friends his name and then he sings at them all the things that they know about him already as he's presumably done every year when they have the ceremony like what new stories is he telling them he literally tells them he's like my name is gus but it's because my name's really asparagus girl we heard that last year yeah and he is especially him he has been established as a famous cat it would be as if like tom hanks got on stage and was like hi i am tom it's short for thomas like (laughs) <laughs> I'm Tom Hanks. I started out in Bosom Buddies and then I moved on. Like, and you'd be like, yeah, Tom Hanks, I've read your IMDb, man. Like, and then he's like, please kill me. 
killing Tom Hanks. Good God. But Judy Dench. Again, she's not doing anything wrong. It's not her fault. She gives the occasional sass that she had in Shakespeare in Love, and that was welcome. But for the most part, she's just sort of inert and like looking grave. And she does have the silliest mane. During memory, they kept cutting to her, and I just busted out laughing every time. It was like incredible sadness over on the on the, on the J Hud side, and then they cut to Judy Dench, and I'm just like, "You look very silly, ma'am." I always lose it when she first like emerges from the mist and her silhouette is just insane. She looks like <laughs> she's like a fucking piece of toast in the middle of the road. Like it's just <laughs> such an odd shape. And then she just like waddles up and I'm like, what is fucking happening? And Chris, she has paws. None of the rest of them have paws. They cut to her, they show her and she's got paws and then they immediately cut back to the other cats, some of whom are wearing sneakers in the background <laughs> and others of whom are barefoot. And it's horrifying. It's like they spent all of their money on her paws and then we're like, well, we can't do that for everyone. <laughs> Just like kept it moving. Every time I watch this movie, I notice a new mistake they made. Oh. And I will say that during Jason Derulo's song, I noticed that his feet look really fucked up when they're like resting on the ground. Like it's very clear that he's not touching the street. And I think <laughs> based on Judy Dench, they must have started to do pause on more people's feet and then yeah. and started with Jason Derulo and been like, this looks awful. We have to CGI some feet back onto him. <laughs> So in your estimation, it was remove the feet, add paws, ah, add, add different feet back in, not go back to his actual feet. He probably had like socks on or something like because he's dancing around. I imagine he has like some sort of shoe on. But then later, Taylor Swift is just wearing a full out dance shoe. And as you mentioned, two of the cats have high topped sneakers. There's clearly a cat cobbler out there somewhere. OK, I have an actual really serious question is. Mm -hmm. Who is the gray tabby cat? I don't know who. I don't know his name. I get the sense that he is actually the narrator of the story, but he's just introduced as like, he doesn't have his own song. I don't know who that actor is. And his, for whatever reason, is the most unsettling CGI for me. Like his face is never in the right place. And it, it I find it super creepy and I hate every scene that he's in. Not to mention the fact that he's trying to like bone Victoria for the whole thing. You are right that they never name his character because they have elevated Victoria. They then need to create an explainer character to go along with that. It's just like the more plot they add, the more they have to like prop it up with little weird character things that shouldn't exist. So yeah, it's weird that he's around the whole time and it's never like, uh, hi, I am, I am the this cat and I also would like to die. But then you have to again establish what a jellical cat is. Are all cats jellical cats? Because the initial song of a jellical cat is a cat that was like in the pyramids and like a cat that was this. And they're just describing general things about cats. And no one seems to have any qualms about Victoria joining them as a jellical cat, despite the fact that she never says a word about herself or where the fuck she's come from. It also seems like there's one alley. Like if I lived in London and there was just one alley where all of these cats lived. There's clearly humans involved because they dump Victoria. It just makes no sense, Chris. This movie makes no sense. The thing that makes the least sense to me and that haunts me every time I watch it, after the Mungo Jerry and Rumble teaser song, there is a dangerous moment where a dog starts barking. And every time I'm like, is that a giant dog or an even bigger person? <laughs> well, I'm... <laughs> All I can think of is a person CGI'd into a dog running full force down the hallway. 
And does it have paws or shoes? And a coat? No coat? <laughs> in some ways, I'm glad we never see it. But also, the question lingers in my nightmares. <laughs> well, let's come back to the size differentials in this movie because they are horrifying. But we should get back to talking about the performances. Yeah. I'm going to go out on a limb here. I think the best performance and song in the entire show was Taylor Swift's McCavity song. I think McCavity is a good song, and she definitely benefits from that being, like, kind of a banger. It's a good song. You can understand every fucking thing she's saying, which is not true of almost everyone else who sings. And it's good. She's supposed to be sexy in it. She is. It's fun. And it's a, like you said, it's a banger. And I think they got the right person for the role, which I don't think they got for a lot of the other roles. I could do without the moment where she shimmies her cat tits. That was really hard for me. <laughs> I mean... There are multiple cats that fall on their dicks, so <laughs> really everything is just up for grabs. Yeah, um, she's fine. I don't know. I have a hard time mustering strong feelings about the Taylor Swift portion of this. I also, in the same way that the gray cat's face moves around a lot, the size of Taylor Swift's head is really inconsistent. <laughs> Not as horrible as the crimes perpetuated upon Idris Elba, though. <gasps> we got to talk about the contacts. We got to talk about his head just bobbing around completely free form. They made Idris Elba look not sexy. Like, my partner was just like, this is for you. Like, it's basically a naked Idris Elba. And I was like, it's not. It's not. <laughs> it's not it. So we do have to talk about the fact that while the rest of the cats have distinctively colored fur... They opted for a short coat that is the exact same color as his actual skin. And he just looks naked up there. But not actually naked. Like, uncanny valley naked. Also, McCavity is noted in the song that we've just heard to be an orange tiger cat, which he is not. Also, those contacts... Oh, I did not like them. I, I I, did not think it was possible to make me recoil from Idris Elba, but mission accomplished. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's a really upsetting thing when he takes the coat off. It's so bad. <laughs> it was in some ways worse than the Rebel Wilson reveal because it just felt like he looks slick in a way. Like, I, <laughs> he looked wet. <laughs> I don't know. All the rest of the cats are kind of fuzzy. Why isn't he fuzzy? I get the impression that this might be one of the last numbers that they did the CGI on because between him and Taylor Swift, there's just so much like looseness with the placement of things that I feel like they must have been in a time crunch. Does that only leave us with Jennifer Hudson? I think we have to talk about the many wrongs committed against Jennifer Hudson, who, I want to be clear, they were pushing for an Oscar when they released this movie. That woman is 37 years old. <laughs> and she is presented as an old, worn-out garbage lady cat. And I want to kill... <laughs> They heap indignities on her. I always just want to run out of my third story window after her first song when they force her not only to sob and slink away, but to crawl on her hands and knees away from the other cats. Mm -mm. She doesn't nope. deserve that. 
Grizabella doesn't deserve that. And I know for certain that Jennifer Hudson does not deserve that. There's also no need for her to be this wet throughout. We, we have talked about moisture way too many times. It's and a wet movie. It's so gross. Um, I, I, okay, like there are some structural problems with the role of Grizabella, which is that the entire cast is happy to slut shame this one cat, which is, I don't understand. Is she a prostitute? Do cats have money? Do cats engage in sex work? What is, or was she prostituting herself to people? What is the, what is the crime? <laughs> I cannot believe you just suggested that people <laughs> in the movie's world are paying money or some other currency to fuck an old cat. <laughs> they would have done it when she was young. But that's not what I'm suggesting. I'm suggesting that she was like, like betrayed her species or something. And now she's getting her just comeuppance. Like, what is she getting a comeuppance for? Her crimes are never specified. People have sometimes assumed that it is prostitution. But as you've rightly pointed out, that raises many an uncomfortable follow-up question. I would like to commit perhaps a further crime against Jennifer Hudson when I say, oh man, this is going to get us canceled. I don't think she's right for this role. I don't think this is her finest vocal performance. And I blame Andrew Lloyd Webber, not her, because that girl can sing anything. But memory is like, it spends a lot of time in your like deep ass chest voice so that it's not too high for you to belt the top part out. And it just doesn't sound that good. And it doesn't sound like it's really built for her voice. I don't think she was the right choice. I think part of the issue is that Tom Hooper insisted that she be actively crying throughout the entirety of the song, which is a bad choice vocally and acting wise, because in both cases, it leaves her with nowhere to build. Like she has no breath because she's sobbing. And it's hard to feel the catharsis of the final bit where she actually hits her emotional peak because she was dripping before she began. And this, again, I think is structural for the musical, which is that, like, obviously, I think Andrew Lloyd Webber knew that Memory was going to be a hit. The chorus is, like, extremely compelling, blah, blah, blah. I think he knew he had a banger on his hands. And so they tease it so many times, too. I kept being like, oh, she's going to sing Memory now? And it just, like, kept not happening. And so by the time she sang it, I was like, oh, it's just... But I feel like they decided that Jennifer Hudson should be in this movie, and therefore she was cast as Grizabella. And I, I don't think she was right for the role. I think that's fair. I think under a different director, she could have done better. I do think you're right that an older actor was probably needed, given everything we know about the cat. And they also, despite covering her with CGI, did nothing to age her? No, she just looks like a young woman. It's so weird. And it and it, she looks as old as everyone else in the cast. And they're like, aren't you an old garbage item? And I'm like, well, why? <laughs> what did she do? Uh, we haven't talked about Mr. Mistopheles, which, uh, so I went back and looked because, you know, obviously the song Mr. Mistopheles is, it's also like kind of got a nice little hook to it. But in the 1998 version, and presumably the Broadway version of the show, Mr. Mistopheles is like extremely confident and is like, I'm the magical cat and I'm just going to like pull old Deuteronomy like out of this hat right now. But obviously that's not how they played it in the film. I think because they wanted to go with like, this nerd can also win love. I actually kind of wound up liking the way that Mr. Mistopheles played out where they were like encouraging him versus like, it's time to do a ballet number because ballet is not really my thing, but 
Um, is that actor? I don't know who he is either. Uh, I believe he's a Broadway actor. I think this is his first film. I think that lead Grey Cat, it's his first film. Okay. Um, Skimble Shanks, the Railway Cat, is a ballet dancer. <laughs> it's his first film as well. Oh, yes. As I referred to him in my notes, who's the mustache daddy in the red pants? Okay, so here's the deal. <laughs> a friend of mine, that is Stephen McRae, who is... Uh, I think mainly known as a ballet dancer, he also obviously taps. So he is the one cat that is wearing pants, which confused me, until a friend of mine showed me a picture of Stephen McRae in just a jockstrap, and he has the biggest, juiciest butt I've ever seen, and I think <laughs> that the movie was afraid to put CGI fur on it, and just have him, like, <laughs> waggling this big, beautiful butt around, so they had to put pants on him. <laughs> I liked the Railway Cat song. At, at that point in the film, again, this may have been only halfway through, it's totally unclear. I had sort of given up on listening to the songs. Here are my notes in order. <laughs> so much farther up because they introduced the cat in the red pants like quite early, but they don't they don't mention it at all. He's just got like a big old mustache. <laughs> Looks like he's looking for trouble. And I was like, okay. And so I've written, oh, the daddy is the railway cat. Hard return. This show makes no goddamn sense. <laughs> so the Skimble Shanks, the railway cat number has some of the grossest size disparity problems. But I think in general now is a good time to go through how is a cat like in the world versus how is a cat in this movie? Chris, I'm going to die. <laughs> I, I'm going to hard disagree that the Skimbleshanks is the worst one because left aside in your assessment there is the complete disparity between how big mice and roaches are in the Jenny song. How big are mice? They're like this big compared to her and she's a cat. And I'm like, that's not how big mice are. But then she gets her hand caught in a mousetrap, which is five times the size of any of the mice. I, this, okay. All you need to do to make this work is to measure a cat, measure a mouse, measure a person, and then build a ratio around that. And then you build all your other objects to that ratio. How did they fail this so hard? I, is there any explanation for that? I actually do have a theory here. I think some of the animators or some of the set designers we're calculating how high a cat's head is when it walks with how high that person's head would be. And some of them were calculating how long a cat would be fully stretched out versus how long a human would be stretched out. So the cat could range in height based on that. And people didn't have a good agreement there. I feel like that was pretty incumbent upon them to do. Like, decide on a ratio and then go with it. Because at one point during the Rumble Teaser song, they put a watch on Victoria's neck. So that means the person's wrist size is the size of a cat's neck. So the person has a wrist the size of a grapefruit and then they put rings over her paws, which means the rings are like three inches around. What the fuck? <laughs> Yeah, there is a shot where the watch and the ring are in the same shot. And it's very clear that those things don't cohere within the world. Like, there's no person that can wear both of those things. I want to defend my stance that the Skimble Shanks number should rate up there. Only because of the scene where they are magically transported from the theater to the railroad tracks themselves. And the cat's 
on the railway tracks are so small. Like, they are so much tinier than a cat on a... Like, they are barely as wide as the rail itself. (laughs) I just... I don't... There's also the street that they live on, which I mentioned is like a cat-infested street that all of London must know about and avoid. Is this street a human street that cats live on, or is it a cat street that cats live on? Because there's a milk bar, which is a real thing. But then there's also like a bunch of other stores that are like cat pun named. And the dimensions of all of them are bananas. The milk bar is crazy. They're appropriately sized on the chairs. And then they stand on the bar and they're too large. It just, uh, what the fuck, guys? Like, this is some pretty basic shit. Like, why didn't you put the time into this? I don't, I, I don't know why this bothers me more than anything else. But it just is upsetting. To defend the tech people who were working very hard, some of them, again, all through back channel shit, have said that they were incredibly rushed and that some of them did raise flags being like, hey, it seems like the ratios here are all off, but there was just no time. One of the big things that a couple of them mention is that when you do CGI for a movie, you will often do sort of like a rough run to show the director and be like, this is like a very basic wireframe of what it could look like, yada yada. And Tom Hooper had no comprehension of what that was and forced them to fully render a scene every time. But then if it was wrong, they would have wasted all of that time fully doing the scene and have to redo it from the ground up as opposed to getting like a check-in at a much earlier point to be like, are we on the right road? This entire movie just smacks of bad project management. I don't think there is a good movie to be made out of Cats, but it is impressive how bad a movie they made out of cats. My partner also said when we watched this movie, the charm of the live show is probably that it's farther away. (laughs) There's kind of a cute moment during the Rumple teaser thing where they have both Victoria and one of the twin cats like do a backflip off the headboard and onto the bed. And that that is, I think, the most, again, the proportions are crazy off. But I think that's one of the pieces where you actually see them like interacting with the world and playing around with it and being fun. That is the most fun that I think this movie had. Everything else was just like awkward. I think that's what really my takeaway from this movie is, is that A, I think the musical Cats is a little cringe anyway. And just every choice that they made turned that cringe way, way up. And it's just so like I felt bad for everyone involved. Yeah, that's actually a great transition into something that I just caught in my notes. This is a character that I forget every time and someone that we have not talked about at all is Ray Winstone as Growl Tiger on the barge who has the most embarrassing part in the entire movie. <laughs> I got to tell you I'm going to have to watch this movie again because I also blacked out that song like I just <laughs> I put several, several minute chunks from this movie just into a black hole in my brain because I didn't like them and I don't want to access them again. He's being established as a menacing cat who is keeping everyone on the barge and who might murder them later. We are literally trying to murder Judy Dench by the end of this. Well, the joke's on him because the cats murder him. Yeah. They throw him into the Thames and he died. He is also the other cat that wears pants. I don't want to deny (laughs) him his distinction of being another pants-wearing cat. I can't speak to the quality of his ass. I was going to say, maybe he also just has a real juicy ass under there. Ray Winstone, if you have a beautiful butt, let us know. I know you're listening. 
Also, it is not explained how those other cats get off the boat. Oh, good point. Mr. Mistopheles doesn't bring them back. No, Judy Dench is saved. The others <laughs> are not in immediate danger, but they are still stuck on a boat. So to, cl- so to clarify, from their perspective, Judy Dench just up and disappears. And then they murder a cat, and then they just float on down the Thames towards the sea. That seems to be where we're left. I don't know if that's leaving doors open for a sequel or what their thought process is there. God, let's let's hope not. So, you know, one thing we haven't talked about is the roaches. Oh, God. I don't, I mean, I don't want to have to, but I know that we have to. This is, I guess, really more of a CGI conversation, which is that like the the very first shot of the film is like panning down across a couple of buildings like into the alley. And those are bad. Absolutely every single moment of CGI in this movie is bad, bad. I can't imagine what it's going to look like in 30 years when people look back on this movie. It is going to look like they'd made cardboard cutouts of Judy Dench and Ian McKellen and like dance them around like on a studio. Speaking of bad CGI things that, again, I somehow only noticed in this watch through, Mr. Mistopheles' hat does not have ear holes, but his ears just clip through the hat like a bad (laughs) video game in every scene. I gotta tell you, man, I noticed that as well. And I watched for every single instance where he took that hat fucking on and off. And I was just like, How's he getting those ears in and out of there? It's like when we talked about, uh, what's her face trying to put, uh, when we talked about Demi Moore trying to put her like hair waves like underneath her hat. It's just like, how's that happening? How's that work? And the answer is literally that they break the laws of physics. So all of this builds to Grizabella being the Jellicle choice and being loaded into, uh, I guess a hot air balloon that the cats built. <laughs> I thought they were loading her into a chandelier so they could electrocute her. <laughs> I, I did not think that that had a floaty outcome for Grizabella. I thought she was going to just head on right on up to the heavy side layer from there. I did not think that it was going to be floating. I mean, there's no telling what could happen in this movie, so I get it. It's unpredictable. This is the problem. Okay, so A, memory is too much of a song for a cat. it's just too much like all the other songs are just like isn't it fun being a cat and then like the other and then memory is just like let me tell you about my deep existential dread the way that i know that this movie is perfectly bad is that perfectly bad oh god well we haven't talked about the many cat puns that the cats themselves use mostly rebel wilson but others do too it never makes any sense when they're like cat got your tongue and i'm like no you're a cat cats don't have yeah. cat puns people have cat puns <laughs> i'd be like people get your tongue no no yeah we don't do that um so the first frame of the movie is a shot of the clouds and there is a cat face in the clouds are you fucking kidding me i did not even see that well then you're gonna love this next bit the <laughs> final shot the last frame of this film is jennifer hudson flying away into the clouds, and the cat face again fades in as the movie fades out. So just like a bookended little chef's kiss of bullshit. Wait, and does it look like an actual cat or does it look like a person? No, it looks like an actual cat. But that doesn't make any sense because there are no actual cats in this movie. (laughs) (laughs) That is true. There are no actual cats. 
There are only cats that have human faces and sometimes paws, but sometimes human hands. Yeah, no, you're right. It should have been a human face in the clouds because we don't know what cats look like here because cats look like Francesca Hayward. Before we close the book on this one, was there anything you liked about it? I thought a couple of the numbers were kind of cute. I didn't like the sexuality of the Rum Tum Tugger song, but I liked the song. And I liked the Rumple Teaser song. I thought that one was the most successful in terms of doing more with the film environment than you could with a stage environment. Just them being able to like run around multiple sets and actually knock stuff over and fuck with the stuff that the cats can only talk about when they're on stage. I also liked, I liked the Railway song. And I like the McCafferty song. I can't, I cannot believe that my big takeaway from this is that like Taylor Swift, she's kind of good. <laughs> <laughs> while, while I like complained about Jennifer Hudson. So I am canceled. I'm canceling myself where the podcast is done here. And uh, I'm sorry to say it, but I think, I think she did a really good job. Listen, you're allowed to think these things. I, I can't defend this work or my enjoyment of it. I realize that it is actual garbage oh i'm a hundred percent gonna watch it again it was ludicrous i can't stop thinking about it chris i watched it i watched it the other day and i've been dying to text you about it and like our rules are that we're not really supposed to talk about this stuff i've been dying well luckily now we can talk about it forever which is all i've wanted in 2020 i do want to give many of the actors credit for doing their goddamn best in like a sinking ship. You know what? Some of them showed up for a couple of days, made some good money. <laughs> maybe. I don't know. I, I don't really know how Hollywood works. So maybe they got like a percentage of the box office, in which case it's a bad deal. But like Judy Dench seems like she's having a reasonably good time. Yeah. I mean, I don't think that anyone blames the actors in this. I think it's right. pretty clear. If you told me that Judy Dench did her own CGI, I'd believe you. But I don't <laughs> think that it's her fault. I think she might have done her own CGI. Like, if we learned that everyone in the cast was sent home with, like, a, a, like a laptop and was like, go ahead and paint fur on yourself, like, that would make almost too much sense. Like a Chromebook? <laughs> and Idris Elba is just like, what the fuck am I doing? Oh no, I look so wet. Well, it's too late to change it now. I'm just going to email this in. Oh, no. <laughs> We've cracked the code. <laughs> well, thank you for going down this road with me, even though uh, we both knew that this was going to be a weird and windy path. It was a journey. I, I hated it, and I'm definitely going to watch it again soon. <laughs> and there it is. Well... Having put you through this, uh, what retribution do you have to dole out to me? What are we watching next week? Oh, Chris, I've got a good one for you. It is 1985's Better Off Dead, a movie starring John Cusack, an actor I know you do not like. I do not. <laughs> featuring perhaps the weirdest sense of humor I've ever seen in a movie. I don't even know how to describe this movie. I would say that it has some of the most iconic lines in all of 1980s movies and anyone who has seen it knows what those lines are i'm not going to give it away for you however there's also a lot of skiing 
You know, I feel like this is a weirdly perfect follow-up to Cats based on your description of it. I am cautiously optimistic about my experience with it. I don't know how you are going to take this movie. You will either love it as I do, or you will just be like, this is not for me at all. And I look forward to I look forward to seeing what that's gonna be like. So Everyone else, you can watch Better Off Dead, which you should have watched already. And Chris will have watched it by next week. See you then. Goodbye. I feel like I'm fine with this just being as messy as the film, because if Tom Hooper doesn't care, I don't see why we should. My name is Growl Tiger.